I played US under 20s here in Life University when I was about 19 and we played against the Life Men's Club and if you'd have told me that in eight or nine years later that I'd be back here studying chiropractic in that same college like I would have looked at you if you, if you as if you had 10 heads. Hello and welcome to the Pro Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Brian Moylet. I'm a former Irish international age grade player. And each week I chat with a player, a coach, or a person involved at the top end of the game to hear about their story, get their insights, and find out what life is like in professional rugby. On Instagram, I'm the Offfield Rugby Coach. That's at Offfield Rugby. Please follow me there and let me know any thoughts or feedback you have for the pod. Please subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening. And also, please share the pod with some friends. Those simple actions have a big impact and are really, really appreciated. On today's pod, I chat with Ross Deacon, who plays in the back row for Rugby ATL in Major League Rugby, and who is also studying to be a chiropractor at the same time. Ross grew up in Wexford, Ireland, and went to secondary school or high school in Kilkenny College. After that, he did an undergraduate degree in UCD, and played club rugby in Lansdowne in Dublin. He joined Lansdowne the year after me, and we had a great few years there playing together. Ross has represented Leinster at under-20 level, and also the USA Eagles at under-20s. We chat about his journey to the MLR, how he originally went over to the States to work in a bar and play some club rugby, to then getting called up the Eagles squad and reaching the recent MLR final, where his Atlanta side lost out to Macchito's LA Giltinis. Ross has played with three different MLR clubs and gives a great insight into what the day-to-day schedule is like in the league and how this and also the level of professionalism varies from club to club. There's plenty of superstars in the MLR, Matt Giddo, Adam Ashley Cooper and Chris Robshaw are a few that are there now, but Rugby ATL don't really have any high-profile names and Ross speaks really honestly about the mental challenge and what goes through your mind when facing players like those mentioned. Early in the chat, Ross speaks about moving to the States to play club rugby with NIAC. That's an abbreviation for New York Athletic Club. And he mentions that Mick Quinn Jr. put him in touch with NIAC and helped him with the move. And just for background, Mick is a Lansdowne man that we both know who was involved with NIAC back then. So here is episode number four with Ross Deacon. How has playing with Rugby Atlanta been? How has last season been? Um, it's been good now, obviously. Um... The season before was cut short and everything with COVID after about five games. So um, this year now it's been nice to get a get a full season under the belt. And we got off to like a little bit of a slow start, had like a couple of losses at the beginning of the season. And then we kind of, I suppose we gelled or clicked or whatever, and then uh, kind of went on a bit of a winning streak. So um, the team kind of, I suppose, yeah, we just we just clicked and became sort of one of the forces in the East anyway. Um and yeah, can't complain. It's been it's been a very like professional environment, especially over here, which you wouldn't I wouldn't have necessarily had playing in New York and stuff like that. It's very hard to have when I was there. It was very hard to have a professional setup like that because it was just facilities and stuff were very tough to to find. But mm. down here we have our own like headquarters, which has the gym. It has like a little training paddock outside it. It has. Like, do you know what I mean? A common area if lads are in school, you can go up there and study or like just hang out for a while. But yeah, no, it's it's been it's been class. The coaching has been very good as well. And yeah, very happy down here. Cool. And what was the difference with New York? So New York is kind of 
well I was I was in New York for a couple of years but um before the before the MLR team started up or whatever but yeah. it was just I I was having to work as well almost full time and then you would train in the evening times and it was just more so like playing for your club do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I mean we still had a good squad and we still did still did well but it wasn't as if you were going in in the morning at nine o'clock to do your you know to do your gym session followed by your skills or whatever do you know what I mean you you worked well I worked all day and then yeah. we had a bit of a training session for an hour or two in the evening time and that's kind of how we how we ran it do you know what I mean because we literally would just get a field that's the fields are so hard to find there there's no space do you know what I mean so yeah, you, well. they would just yeah it's it's a different different animal altogether now I think they've sorted it out a little bit better since then they're like I think they train in New Jersey or something like that where there's a little bit more space but yeah when I was there we didn't have much of a didn't have much of a, a gym set up or or field setups or anything to be honest yeah that must be tough like working like even no matter what work you're doing if you're working all day and then going training in the evening like you'd be wrecked yeah yeah definitely but just yeah trying then trying to trying to incorporate all the traveling and stuff in with that as well because you're traveling you know most weekends especially at the at the front end of the season when it's too cold to play in the likes of New York so you'll go to all the southern states you'll play in Texas a couple of times or you'll play in San Diego or wherever the weather is a little bit mm-hmm. sort of warmer I suppose but yeah. yeah I mean it's all it's all good you, you kind of one thing about this this league is and especially this year as well but you learn to become like a little bit more adaptable so and um, to all these situations and you just figure out how to make it work so it's been good in that sense but yeah yeah there's always always a couple of challenges and what what do you think the difference is with Atlanta like from the outside looking in it for sure looks like such a tight-knit group and the way you say that you just clicked and went on a run is there anything you can put your finger on that was cool in the setup or that really worked or you liked so I think one thing definitely was that the fact that you look down, if you look, take a look down through our team sheet, there's no name that jumps out off, off the board at you. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. There's no one superstar. So it's not, it's not like we have that one big name, like a, a Nanu or a Gitto or, or an Ashley Cooper, do you know what I mean? That yeah. are staring you back in the eyes. Like there's, no, there's a bunch of just hardworking sort of down-to-earth lads that are, do you know what I mean, willing yeah. to kind of work and play for each other. And that it kind of kept us very grounded as well. Do you know what I mean? So it just lads were willing to work for each other. And then it just kind of, as we sort of gelled and figured out the team that we were going to be, do you know what I mean? We then the results started going our way. So mm. yeah, that I suppose that was kind of that was kind of a good thing um, for us. But tough, tough at the start. But but then as I say, once we did gel, then it was good. Yeah, would you kind of feel at the start that you're a bit a bit at a disadvantage because you don't have those superstars? We'll say, but then obviously it plays to your advantage when you realize you're just as good yeah yeah definitely I mean look it's it's kind of human nature I suppose to look at look at another squad and say oh, sure Jesus do you know what I mean look at looking down their team sheet and going oh Christ how are we going do you know what I mean yeah, These are going to be unreal, but yeah, yeah everyone does it. it's, it's especially when you're young as well that's yeah. the first thing that you're focused on is like trying to figure out who's who and what who am I coming up against yeah but yeah once you once you actually get out in the field then you learn that lads are not do you know what I mean it's like everyone has two arms and two legs. It's just how you use them, I suppose. You yeah, know what I mean? It's 100%. Like, but yeah, no, it's definitely, it was definitely good for us. And some of, you mentioned there, some of the challenges, like it's pretty interesting the way you could be playing in snow in Toronto or New York, and then you're playing in San Diego beside a beach. 
Like, yeah. what? How, how do you adapt to that? Do you have to change your game plan or is that just a challenge? You just have to be able to be, as you say, adaptable week to week. Definitely. I, I think like, yeah, you, you sort of figure it out on the fly. Like, do you know what I mean? There's no, like down here, especially in Atlanta, it's just the heat is our biggest problem. Do you know what I mean? It's just the heat and humidity is like very tough, which obviously works to our benefit because we're playing and training in it the whole time. Yeah. So teams are having to deal with that when they come down here. But whereas if we go to somewhere else, that's a bit colder or like there's, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it rains a good bit down here as tough well. So for, we're not too bad. Tough but. for a big hefty fella from Wexford. Jeez, not Jesus used to it. Christ, but I, I don't go well in that heat. Like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> There's times I'll be fairly red faced coming off that pitch now, definitely. Yeah. And it's mostly three G pitches, isn't it, around the league? It is, yeah. Some of the some of the bigger stadiums now would have the would have grass fields, but I think over here in general it's just mostly the the three G like turfs, what they call them over here. But they uh it's just good just there's so many different sports being played on them all the time as well. So it's kind of hard to keep a grass field, but it is nice when you get a grass field every now and then, do you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. But. It seems like so quick, the game, like, and it is, it's on 4Gs or 3Gs, whatever. How do you compare it to back home? So back home, it, like, it's definitely, like, over here, it's definitely come on in leaps and bounds. Like, do you know what I mean? It's It's a quick game, but, like, the turnovers and stuff would probably be... Probably the turnovers would probably be a little bit higher, like the turnover stats and stuff. So it's there's it's very like end to end sort of stuff like that. But but it's back home. It's it's um be a lot. It would have been very clinical and stuff. But I in the in more recent seasons over here has become a lot more clinical as well. Do you know what I mean? If you if you mm. mess up, teams are going to punish you. But the one thing that I will say about the game here is that it's very very physical. Like the there's you've got big big men just running at big men. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like it's very it's it's definitely more attritional than the game at home and um, i would say lads are trying to get around you at home whereas there's a, there's just big lads over here that are looking to run straight at you so that was kind of one thing that you have to sort of adjust in your game as well defense you have to become very like defensive orientated which is what we were this year we were more of a defensive team than than an attacking team mm-hmm. attacking was always something that just came but defense was the thing that we worked on and worked on and worked on so and it came to our benefit as well. Do you feel that suits you a bit better, the the style of play over in the States? Um Yeah, I was I was happy enough with it just because that was kind of how I played even at home. Yeah. So it was it wasn't it didn't take much sort of you know, transitioning or like getting used to it for me because I was that was kind of the you like the way that I had always played. But um definitely you have to like yeah, recovery becomes a, a big thing and stuff and like um just looking after your body and stuff like that because it it becomes um it becomes that you're getting it, it, that you're getting an awful lot of knocks and and getting banged up after games and stuff an awful lot more i would feel like but i'm also getting older then as well so that yeah that doesn't really that doesn't really help either but um yeah no definitely recovery becomes becomes way more important and yeah, just with the physicality of it all, but I I enjoy it now. I do. Mm. And what does recovery look like in Atlanta? So if you have a game, say on a Saturday, what what would you get up to? If we had a game on the Saturday, we would probably we would get the Sunday, probably Monday off. Monday might be just a review day, but be a lot of just trying to get into ice baths or mm. get get into that sort of stuff. And then um, we have the 
obviously treatment is available and stuff with the with the therapist and then there'd be normal tech boots and stuff like that boys would be just getting into and so we have like a recovery scoring system so basically each so the normal tech boots might be worth 30 points or getting in an ice bath or into the river or something for a dip might be do you know what I mean? 50 mm. points or something. So you try and hit 200 points. That's what we do. Like, do you know what I mean? They yeah. send out a sheet every week. So that's kind of how you, you base yourself off it. And then, yeah, hopefully the body be getting back to sort of normal then after that. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely tough, but um, it's good. Like they, they do focus an awful lot on it. That's something that our S&C coaches were very mindful of as well as not going too hard after a game. Do you know what I mean? So it's good. So what kind of, gym session then would you be looking at during the week say in mid-season maybe you've got a home game on a Saturday and you're off on a Sunday would you just a couple of light lifts or what would you be doing on a typical week towards the end of the season was very very light um we might have had maybe two gym sessions a week do you know what I mean it wouldn't have been nothing nothing crazy but at the start of the season pre-season that was it was very very tough but that, that was just heavy lifts all the time um kind of start of the season was as well we were doing a lot of sort of strength stuff and and like i suppose different stuff like that but they kind of they did taper it off um towards the end of the season because they knew that lads were just getting tired and bodies were exhausted so mm. it was good that way but yeah we we'd probably have say mid-season would have had like three lifts a week or whatever but then just a lot of on-field stuff as well so we would have had gym skills and then we would have had a pitch session as well in the evening. So you're doing kind of three a days anyway. So, mm. um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. It's like keeps you on your toes. You have to be sort of zoned in all the time. Yeah, and you're studying there as well. You're in the university in life. What are you What are you getting up to there? I am. Yeah. So I'm actually uh, studying to be a chiropractor. Um, so I'm doing the doctor of chiropractic program there. So that's going to be that's obviously a challenge as well. And trying to balance rugby and and doing that program, which is fairly intense, mm. um, has been probably the biggest challenge that I've had. Do you know what I mean? Just to, as you say, try and like, do you know what I mean? You're so switched on and focused for rugby during the day, and then you're trying to get a paper, take talk. your mind off of that, yeah, and go and do schoolwork. Then it's not the easiest thing to do. So, yeah. but it's been good. I've I've enjoyed the challenge of it all. Do you know what I mean? And and I've been able to like balance my classes and plan them around different training sessions and stuff like that. So it's actually worked out all right, but still tough. Nice, yeah. And why did you go for that? So it had actually been, I was living in New York and it had actually been something that I was, um, that I was interested in for a while. I used to like watch YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I'd so been to I. chiropractors before. Yeah. Yeah. I'd been to chiropractors before and it, I'd see like, you know, it had worked for me and I was mm. like, do you know what I mean? I was like, geez, this would be grand if you could, you know, help people every day. It'd be nice. It'd be a nice job. Like, and then I got a, I got just got offered a scholarship to come down and life has a like a good rugby program um as well they would be one of the top in like collegiate rugby in the US so yeah. and I got an, an offer for a scholarship to come down and play for the men's club um from the coach Blake, Blake Bradford and yeah kind of haven't looked back since I just I left my contract in New York and decided to come down and give it a whack down here so so far so good nice and how long do you've left yeah. so I've done probably like a year in the program so I probably have about two and a half left so it takes about three and a half years going, like if you're going well to do it, to get yeah. all your credits done. And yeah, so it's it's pretty intense couple of years, but it'd be worth it in the end, I, I, I'm hoping. For sure, yeah, and that's the plan after. So I'll play rugby for as long as you can and then go chiropractor. Dr. Deacon then. 
Dr. Deacon then, yeah. We see who will call me that from home. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, yeah, that's that's the plan anyway. We'll see how it goes. So we'll nice figure one. it out. Nice one. Yeah. And so why did you move over to the States originally? Was it 2016? You were back home, did a degree in UCD, playing a bit with Lansdowne, yeah. and then just decided to head over to Nyack. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I had... I kind of finished up my degree um, in UCD and then was just playing a bit with Lansdowne and kind of just working a bit in like construction and stuff like that at home. Wasn't really doing a whole lot. So, yeah. um, and I had a US passport or have a US passport. And um, so I actually was talking to Mick Quinn uh, Jr. Mm. Um, who was involved with NIAC at the time um, in New York. So got talking to Mick and he just said, uh, he said, why don't you come on over? Do you know what I mean? We'll we'll sort out a place place for you to stay if you want to play with us. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, we'll look yeah. after you for the season or whatever. So I went over there in 20, it was August of 2016. And uh, yeah, been over here ever since. Do you know what I mean? I spent three and a half years, nearly four years in New York and then came down here. So probably three years in New York. Yeah. And then been here for about two. So nice. yeah, it's been, it's been good. Like, do you know what I mean? It's been a good experience. And and um, I've loved it. I've loved my time over here so far. So yeah. can't complain. How did it come about then going to Austin that time you went for? Was it like a short stint? Yeah. So I had been playing in New York and the Rooney team, uh, the New York MLR team had just kind of started up. Um, but they they hadn't uh, they hadn't gotten set up in time to, to play in the league in the first season. So we played a couple of like exhibition games just against like a a couple of different sides and but just before the MLR was due to start uh, the owner of New York got a call from one of the guys down in Austin and he was asking look have you got any back rowers that you'd send down uh, on loan or have you, have you got any players that you'd recommend to send down on loan uh, just for the season and I am um, James Kennedy the owner of New York just recommended me and a couple of days after I was on a plane down to Austin to down there for the first season of MLR so it went well do you know what I mean I was yeah. I was happy enough to go down and I loved it down in Austin as well so that was that was good but it was nice to sort of get a taste of you know getting back into the the training schedules and stuff like that but Austin the facilities were quite decent when I was down there so and um, it was just easier to kind of get around and stuff because everyone had cars and stuff like that unlike New York so mm. but yeah I enjoyed it I enjoyed it I was like living there actually it seems like such a cool place Austin's a good it's a fun place yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun it's just the way like the weather is good the people are all sort of do you know what I mean friendly it's very like laid back sort of place and yeah it's always a good time if you want to go for a couple of pints after a game or whatever it's a good spot do you know what I mean so yeah, um, yeah I had, I had a, I, we had a ball down there there was good there was a few Irish lads on the team down, on there, down there as well so we had a lot of fun Marcus Walsh who we played with when yeah. we were in Lansdowne was down there as well and a couple of different lads like that so we had a great time nice and the setup in Atlanta now, do you all live near, I know the university, like Life, Atlanta, Clay, a rugby ATL play out of Life University, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. so you're obviously there studying and then do all the boys live nearby? Yeah, so what they, they actually put us up, um, they put us all up in a, like a housing complex right on the river. So in the, in the complex, there's like, a, there's basically everything you need like do you know what i mean there's like a little coffee shop down there if you want to go down and get, do some work or you know there's big like open areas and grills and stuff everywhere and you mm. can go and chill out by the river and stuff like that so everyone is kind of in this little complex which is probably 10 minutes from from life university so it's very very handy 
and a lot of the lads have cars and stuff down here as well. Atlanta would be like fairly spread out, so yeah, it's pretty easy to get around and stuff like that. So no, it's good. It's handy enough now, logistics wise. Nice. And what are the plans for the off season? What, what are you thinking of getting up to? You've quite a long one in MLR, don't you? do yeah but i actually don't really get much of an off season i have to go back playing for for the men's club in life oh, okay. next week so that's yeah i have i've had like a bit a little bit of a rest for about a week or week or two um and then we have to go straight back into training again with the men's club so i don't really get an off season so yeah we'll see how that goes now i'll be fairly tired after all this but yeah mm. it, it that should be over by around november i think like that something like that and then hopefully have a couple of weeks off um to try and sort of yeah. take a bit of a break and, and rest the body a bit but yeah yeah and so what what's the men's club so you've mlr is the top level of professional rugby in north america and then what you're yeah. saying now is you're going into like division one men's club so yeah. essentially the next level down from mlr it would be yeah so what who are you going to be playing against and what what's that setup like so it's a four month three four month season yeah, about that. So they've actually tapered that season down as well to like to cater to the MLR as well because they know that not not obviously not all MLR players will go down and play men's club or whatever, but they know that like do you know what I mean. If they want the if they want the best of players to be playing club rugby mm-hmm. as well as MLR, they have to they have to kind of condense the season a bit. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it basically we'll play against. Like my old club, Nyack, would play against like Mystic River in Boston. The the, do you know what I mean? The, the old Blue of New York. There'd be a couple of different teams like that, sort of on our side of the league. And then, so we're what we're in is the ARP, which is the Atlantic Rugby Premiership. And then you've got on the West Coast, you've got the PRP, so the Pacific Rugby Premiership. And at the end, then um, you basically just play for a for a national championship. The, like I think the top from each side or something like that goes for a national championship. Yeah. So um. Yeah, so that's that's basically how it goes. So I mean, look, the the level is the level is good. Do you know what I mean? It's it's def, it's a step down from from MLR, but there's still there's still a lot of guys that are there and they're trying to prove themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And trying to play their way into contracts as well. So it's there's obviously going to be a lot of kind of competition as well. Like do you know what I mean? Young fellas coming up and trying to get through. So yeah, that's good. It's a good challenge as well. Yeah, awesome. and would um a good few guys like on MLR squads who might not have got as much game time, they'll play club rugby then, would they? Oh yeah. They'll they'll play into they'll play for for club sides or developmental sides like what we have here is the, the four oh four, which is the development side under just underneath the ATL mm. like the MLR side or whatever. So they'll play as well and they'll try and get game time and obviously play their way into into training contracts or into full contract as well. So um yeah there's a there's a lot of fellas now who will be who will be trying to prove themselves and stuff and then fellas from college or just out of college and stuff trying to enter into that draft and stuff like that as well yeah. so um yeah that's pretty much it so yeah. it'll be definitely a challenge and what, what's that 404 pathway so every is it every mlr team has an academy team now or a development team is that how it's working or they're trying to get that structure in place that's kind of how they're trying to get that they're trying to get that structure into place do you know what i mean because it's um i think a lot of the club sides kind of you know like the men's club sides i think they kind of want to remain as their own entity do you know what i mean so they don't want to be directly associated into 
like as a feeder into an MLR team. Mm. So a lot of the a lot of the MLR sides will have, do you know what I mean, like a four oh four pathway or whatever. So they'll have their own sort of development side to allow fellas to come in and, and train and see what it's like to actually, you know, be involved in the full training schedule. I think they're they're pretty full on as well. So yeah. yeah, that's so I mean rugby is their kind of only job there for a couple of months of that season so that it gives lads a, an opportunity to try and work hard and and you know show coaches all right they have do you know what i mean i suppose what it takes to, yeah to train in that environment and to play to perform in that environment as well so i mean it's definitely definitely good and we've had a, we've had a good few lads come through the 404 um in the last two years do you know what i mean and make it into our squad or into the, the extended squad as well so it's been good nice and how many are in a squad say in ATL outside of the 404 how many are in the core group of the MLR squad uh so i think there was about 34 or 5 of us um in the in the whole in the whole squad in in uh, in total so yeah so obviously not everyone can get make the make the plane on the 23 yeah. do you know what i mean so yeah it was it was good it it started off a lot bigger in pre-season i think it started off at could have started off at 44 or 5 or something like that yeah. and then they dwindled down the numbers down to i think it's around 35 it could be 36 or something like that so yeah. um yeah but it's, it's it's been good like it it's just especially they they kind of sometimes have to obviously you know yourself as well with how it goes like body like fellas get injured and oh, stuff yeah. like that and fellas who don't make the the initial cut might end up having to be called back oh, yeah. in do you know what i mean if, with injuries and stuff like that so you're kind of you kind of always have to be ready as well, sort of on call. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to be called back in at any stage. It's pretty good that you have that many numbers because it's obviously a new enough professional league and like it, the easiest, even at the Pro 14, they talk about it all the time. They're like, like Connacht get injury crisis and then they've like, no, they're like naming, was it last year or before they named seven on a bench instead of eight? You know what I mean? Like they didn't have enough numbers in the squad. Yeah. So for, I yeah. think for, an MLR side to have 35 bodies like you're going to have four or five eight injuries at one point but you're still fine and then you've got that 404 system I'm sure that you can just dip in if it needs be if there's a load of injuries you, there's probably boys there training away that you can just pull up can you yeah definitely definitely um so it's it's definitely handy to have have lads there and then obviously so they can kind of they can pull from the 404 and then they can also pull from life from the men's club in life if there's do you know what i mean a couple of lads there they're handy as well so um yeah they're not they're not too bad you know what i mean but um yeah no the numbers have definitely been good and and it's like one thing i will say is since the league has started like the from what i can see just the popularity of the sport in general has just like risen Mm. like astronomically do you know what i mean it's been just going from strength to strength and just growth wise and stuff and the amount of guys that are trying to become crossover athletes and stuff now as well yeah. that you can see even on social media and stuff has just kind of grown and grown and grown. So, yeah, I definitely think it's on the right track anyway. And what kind of things have you seen? Like, I follow on Instagram. I've seen, like, your your stadium looks pretty cool on match day. It looks like it's a really good setup. But what kind of things have you seen from year one to last year that you're like, wow, that's didn't see that coming or or that's a big improvement or are there any things in particular yeah i think just um stadiums are definitely a, a lot more packed out now it's it's more of a 
like it's more of an event now do you know what I mean whereas mm. when when I first started in the very first season it was sort of lads roll off the bus do you know what I mean there's nothing yeah there's nothing really just you know there's no real there wasn't really fans heckling you do you know what I mean getting off the yeah, bus yeah. there's no flare there was no flares being lit or like do you know mm. fireworks when you're running onto the pitch or any of that sort of stuff do you know what I mean whereas now it's like now you've got the like you run out to the field and you've got smoke and you've got bangers going off and you've got, do you know what I mean? Wow. It's, yeah. it is, it's a bit, it is, a, it is a good event, like, do you know what I mean? So they, and I think that teams have like started really focusing on like making it like as the best fan experience that they can, yeah. um, which has definitely been good. And it's good. It's good for us as well. Oh, do you know yeah. what I mean? When you like everyone, every player loves to play in front of a, a packed crowd or like, do you know what I mean? Have boys screaming at you on the, on the sideline, do you know yeah. what I mean? Because be it just kind of eggs you on as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what uh, what's your favorite away stadium? Um, or experience away away trip or experience? Or where do you where do you like getting on a plane going to? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I have to say, San Diego um, Torero Stadium when it's when it's packed out. Now that's that's a good experience, and there's always they always kind of get a good crowd as well. Seattle is another good one as well, mm. where they like, do you know what I mean? They consistently sort of pack out the stadium and stuff as well. Do you know what I mean? So there's always a good atmosphere there. There's always good noise around yeah. it. Um, so I would say, I'd say the two of those for me would probably be two of the better ones. Do you know what I mean? Nice fields as well. And just, yeah, good, good places to play. Nice cities as well. Yeah. I played against the club team, Seattle's Harrison's down in that, uh, they play in our league. I went down there. It's class, uh, pitch and setup. In the Starfire. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, Starfire Stadium. It's nice. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And but uh, they're a good side as well, I think. Yeah, they are. They're good. The Saracens. It's like that. We play them in the MLR off season, like like you playing with life. And yeah, they had a yeah. few. They had a few good players. Like I don't know, they had six or eight of the lad. Half the team was MLR. A couple of USA players and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was good. But then you get them another time right. of the season. We played them in a quarterfinal and they were a fucking third of a team. And, you know, we bet them by 60. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, like, they beat us down yeah. there and they were they were unreal. And then, yeah, we played them up here when the MLR was on. And, yeah, different. Uh, yeah, it depends on when you catch them. Exactly, like. yeah. Do you get back home much? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't been home in nearly three years. Just with the way that schedules and stuff have been, like rugby schedules and work schedules and stuff when I was in New York and then obviously with fucking COVID last year that's mm. that kind of put pay to me going sure. home do you know what I mean then I was I was trying to get home uh last year but then with COVID and yeah. stuff that yeah it just kind of I was here sort of for the long run then and once you start into training it's very yeah. very hard to get time off especially with the schedules and stuff and stuff here so uh hoping now probably around Christmas I'll get back for a couple of weeks or something like that yeah. so what about you? Uh, same with COVID. I've been home in probably over two years. Yeah. I used to get home kind of every Christmas. Yeah. And then, yeah, like that, I, I tried to get home last Christmas. But then yeah, my brother got COVID and they opened the house. So I couldn't. And when I was grand, like, you'd have had Aye. to get, like, all the, all the tests and everything. And I knew that I would, you get a refund if you can't go. So I got the refund. So, but, yeah, I'll try to get home at Christmas as well. I'd say it was it was grand enough in Atlanta, was it? With regards, like well, back home, it looked awful with lockdowns and. Yeah. But Atlanta was probably a bit more lax, was it? Yeah, here it was like basically, basically non-existent. Do you know That's what I mean? Cool. It was like we had we had a we had a bit of a lockdown, like but 
I think it was it might have been a month and a half, like do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that that was it, like when COVID was in the height. And there was like, do you know what I mean, a little bit of a couple of little restrictions. Obviously people were told to wear masks and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it just became life as normal then. There was nothing going on, but the the bars and you know, clubs and everything was just still open. Yeah. Like they didn't really they didn't care about capacity rules or anything like that <laughs> after a while. It just became yeah. like it, it just became like life as yeah. usual. So yeah, I mean, we had a good time there for a while, but just school was all online and stuff like that. So I was just trying to keep on top of that online. But then that, that was your only sort of responsibility. So mm. the rest of it then was just there wasn't really a whole lot else to do. Only, you know, sort of chill out or go socialize or mess around with friends or do whatever. But yeah, it just be, it just opened up pretty quick. So yeah. easy enough. Nice one. Do you get up too much in Atlanta? Yeah, so you're at a baseball game, or you're probably pretty busy with school and rugby. But do you get to relax, hang out, do any other things? Yeah, I try to now. Like, it's good because capacities at stadiums and stuff have all returned to like 100. percent So, like, we went to go see the Braves play and stuff like that, mm. and you know the stadium would be full, and it just it's more you know it's normal, more back yeah. to normal. You go, we were on the lake at the, on up on the lake at the weekend just up on a, on a friend's boat and stuff like that and then obviously with us living right on the river everyone just floats like floats oh, nice. the river and stuff like that and chills out in, in the sun and has a couple of beers and, yeah you know it's it's definitely a, definitely a good time but yeah those are kind of the things that we'd be up to it's not nothing too major but yeah it's, it's definitely a nice place if you do like because the weather is usually pretty good and it's warm it's like it's nice to just get out and about and and have sort of a, a chill yeah. out time so it's and I know it's probably hot as hell in the summer, but in the winter, what would it be like in November, oh, yeah. December, January? Uh, it definitely gets a bit cold. It'd be like it would be down nearly to freezing in the mornings, but then it would heat up a bit, like you know, like during the day. But it would never, it would never get like below freezing here. But it definitely, it definitely does get cold. Yeah. But then oh, again, okay. I think we just feel the cold a lot more because we're so used to walking around sweating all the time as well. So yeah, of, yeah. Anytime it does drop down a little bit, you're like, fucking hell, do you know? But that's good. Yeah. And sorry, I forgot to mention that we were chatting rugby, but you were in the USA squad a while back. How was that? I was, yeah. So that was after after the 2019 season with um, with Rooney. I kind of made it into the sort of 50-man squad for the for the World Cup. But yeah, I was, to be honest, I was I was sort of included in squads and stuff like that. And everything was going well but then I had a couple of in- injuries and that kind of mm. put pay to my my uh chances I suppose of getting into the squad into the full squad because I became an injured reserve then so I was kind of on standby and trying to keep fit and, but it's hard to stay motivated you know like it was, yeah you kind of know who who's who and who they're who they have and who they're going to pick as well mm. yeah I kind of just had to leave that idea off there for a while but so yeah I mean look that's that's the goal obviously in the end would be to try and make my way back into something like into a squad like that and see if you could yeah. you know obviously fight for a cap at some stage it'd be be just nice one a nice one to have um but yeah that's 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 definitely a long-term goal anyway but let's see how it goes and do you have a kind of a rotation system in Atlanta it looks like the team changes around a bit more than say back home you'd have settled teams yeah right that? you would be yeah um they definitely, they definitely do because they know it's like it's like a long season. It's a, you know, an, a, probably a twenty-week season, and you've got two 
you've got two bye weeks, do you know what I mean? So they know that bodies are going to be, mm. be getting tired and, and stuff like that. So they definitely do try and implement um a bit of a rotation. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's good that way. But now there are, there are some teams that, that don't really rotate as much, but it's I, I suppose they're just trying to stop lads' bodies from breaking down yeah. and being overplayed, like, because... I mean, it gets fairly hectic after a while. If you've got an, like a, a seven or an eight eight game run of games, like do you know what I mean, you, it's it's too tough for like to expect lads to be, especially especially any of the big boys as well to be you know playing them week in week out is is tough. So I think that's where our coaches did very well as well. They they got basically organized nearly two like two squads that they could play on any given day, so they they would have backup. Do you know what I mean? So our our depth was yeah. very good. And how did it work? I just was thinking there, and Toronto were down, or the arrows yeah. played out of your facility. So how was that last season? How did that work out? Yeah, so basically they could, they didn't, uh, or it would have been too much hassle or something for them to be traveling over and back across the border just with with COVID mm. restrictions and stuff in Canada. So they basically, yeah, we opened up our doors to them just to. Uh, let them train and stuff with us but basically we we never really we didn't really see much of them they kind of organized training times completely separate and stuff or they would have the the field after us or vice versa so we didn't actually see much of the boys but I felt sorry for them because they they ended up having to basically live out of a hotel for six months or so like you know what I mean and it's just like you know when you're living out of a bag in a hotel room for that amount of time and you're you know I yeah you'd be driven absolutely mental like I think yeah. I, I think for a wind up they they didn't even really have you know they didn't have their own kitchen or like you know all the food it was just like whatever food was catered and stuff like that it's it's a tough it's a tough way to stay for for that amount of time so I'd imagine a lot of the a lot of their boys were getting getting tired of it you know just missing families and stuff like that too to be gone from your family for that long if, if you had kids or anything do you know what I mean that's oh, tough yeah hundred percent yeah, it's some slog yeah it is definitely. And yeah, you can bring up your time. Just one or two more questions. Yep. What what advice would you give to a young fella in the rugby ATL academy or fella from Wexford in Kilkenny College? I probably would say, if, like for a young lad coming through, um, if you could get into one of the college setups, like if you could get into like into a life university or a Lindenwood where you were, or like something like mm. that look into scholarship opportunities or see if you can kind of make a pathway into it yourself like through that kind of way um i would definitely do it because the standard of the standard of play has come up in leaps in leaps and bounds and a lot of guys are very surprised by it when they come over like there's a lot of good players that come over and would play club or would play for a school side and they're very very pleasantly surprised by their level um by the level of play in the in these different leagues if you're at a loose end after college or whatever, just see if you can get over and play for a club side like what I did. Yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be anywhere over here if I didn't come over and play for New York Athletic Club. So that's kind of what the would be the route that I would go. But I definitely think that getting into school is a is definitely probably a better opportunity. Yeah, some journey you've had. Did you ever think when you were leaving to head over and play with Nyack that things would work out like this? No, never. Absolutely not. I played US under twenties here in Life University when I was about nineteen, and we played against the Life Men's Club. And if you'd have told me that in 
eight or nine years later that I'd be back here studying chiropractic in that same college like I would have looked at you if you if you as if you had 10 heads it's funny how everything comes around full circles you know what I mean but it's definitely been a good experience and you figure it out as you go along as well and everything sort of falls into place as you go do you know so yeah do you look too far down the line like would you be thinking a year three five years down the line or um yeah I think you would be yeah like it's sort of it's human nature to be looking to to to, to do that as well do you know what I mean I think it's mm. I think it's different different for me now I'd be kind of more so thinking of like how long do I have left playing or how long at this level would I have left playing whereas for a young fella it would be you know okay I'm, I'm going to finish up college now this year the plan from there is to try and get into a club or to try and get into an MLR side or you're kind of mm. you're kind of always setting yourself long-term goals mine mine are now sort of like okay how long how long more can I play job opportunities sort of af- life after rugby to see try and set myself up as best as I can for that and then yeah yeah sort of figure it out as I, as I go as well how long do you think how long do you see yourself playing or would you like to oh I don't know I'm probably I'm nearly 28 now I am basically 28 now so if I could get was if I could get another three years in the league I'd be, you know if I got till I was 30 out of it I'd be happy enough you definitely yeah. feel you definitely feel bumps and bruises a lot more than when we were 19 year olds running around you know what yeah. I mean? but, yeah. Um, yeah yeah we'll see hopefully if I could if I could play longer I, I definitely would but yeah we'll see I say that now but then probably when the time comes when I do get to the age of thirty or thirty-one, I'll be—I probably won't be fucking content with that either. So another three years, then yeah, yeah, 30, 34 maybe. Yeah, yeah, too too ignorant to stop. But yeah. no, no, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. If I get another couple of years out of it, I'd be happy. Yeah, you're doing you're doing unreal. Um, but yeah, that's one thing I've, I for sure you said it when people move over to the states, the physicality that they get shocked by. Like I remember when I went over and started playing, I was like fucking hell it's like yeah it's, it's simpler to read attacks but geez you'd have to have warm shoulders and you'd be yeah, you know, yeah. You'd, have, you'd be ready to tackle because they yeah. just run hard and fast at you yeah you yeah this yeah what what some of them would lack in skill set like oh. they're, they're not fucking afraid to throw their head at stuff like which is yeah yeah definitely you learn that fast you kind of have your head on a swivel like when you're running yeah so. you smash everything yeah 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 no no definitely but it's good it's a good experience i, I would recommend it to anyone just to yeah. just to experience it well cheers Rajit. thanks a million for the time it's been unreal catching up and i don't worry good stuff yeah and yeah uh, yeah best of luck with life uh the the chiropractic yeah dr deacon soon yeah yeah we'll be looking out next season for atlanta hopefully yeah cheers but i appreciate it Hope you enjoyed the chat. I really enjoyed catching up with Deco. As I mentioned in the intro, we played together at Lansdowne for a few years before we both ended up moving to the States. He went to play club rugby in Nyack as he chatted about or New York Athletic Club. And I went on a scholarship to Lindenwood University to play and coach. I thought it was really cool hearing about the challenges that Rooney, the New York pro team in the MLR had when he was there compared to the setup in Rugby ATL. I've been delighted to see how Deco has gone in the States over the past few years. He's a top man and doing great stuff. He mentioned if you want to get into the MLR, the best thing would be to get into one of the rugby universities in the States and go that route. I couldn't agree more. 
The setups and facilities in those schools are very similar to the Irish or English Pro Sides academies. And the experience of going to college in the States is unreal. I did my masters there and a couple of weeks ago my younger brother went over to Lindenwood University in St. Louis to play rugby and finish his undergraduate degree. If you'd like to learn more about how you can study in the States or know someone who would like to, send me a DM on Instagram at offfieldrugby. I'd be happy to help out. Please subscribe or follow the pod on whatever platform you listen to and also please leave a rating and a review. I would also greatly appreciate if you would share the podcast with some friends or on your Instagram story. That mightn't seem like much, but it would really mean a lot to me. Thanks a mil for clicking in today and listening. If there's anyone you'd like me to have on to chat to or there are certain things you'd like to know about pro rugby, please send me a DM on Instagram. As I mentioned, it's at offfieldrugby or the offfieldrugby coach. Cheers. Have a great rest of your day.